stirring up that is uh, absolutely incredible. So we'll see where this journey takes us. But this week we want to begin to further explore the teaching and the discipling model Jesus is giving to his disciples through the Lord's Prayer. Right? We've been going verse by verse through the prayer. And if you remember last week I stated that Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, but that does not mean he is only teaching them words. He is teaching them words that also reveal discipleship skills. Our Father, relational, who is in heaven, positional. Holy is your name, state of being. You, know, you are holy people. That is your state of being. Imagine if we could live that as our reality. Your kingdom come, connectedness, your will be done, motivation, on earth as in heaven, unity. Now we continue on to what I believe is one of the most difficult yet powerful elements of the Lord's Prayer and of the discipleship process within the framework of walking in the way with Jesus for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And we find that in Matthew 6.12. Forgive us our debts as, that's a big as, we also forgive our debtors. Forgiveness. If there is a hinge in this thing that we call personal Christianity, this, my friends, is it. Forgiveness will open and does open and close doors. Doors of relationship with others, doors of blessings with the Lord. And I don't believe it's an accident or just coincidence that the final plea of the Lord's Prayer is connected to the call for forgiveness based on forgivingness. The last verse is this in Matthew 6.13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So unforgiveness is like a free pass for the enemy of your soul to access your emotional responses in order to lock you into bitterness and rob you of the strength found in the joy of the Lord. While a forgiving heart has greater potential for apprehending the truths and power of the kingdom and age to come. I've said this in the past, and I think it's worth repeating, that a good teacher will always return to the text and expound on the most important elements of the subject. And with all that could be said about the Lord's Prayer, Jesus refers back to only one issue. That is the issue of forgiveness. In Matthew 6.14 he says this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And would like to stop there. But he doesn't. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And who wants to hear that? Can you imagine getting on your knees one day under 
emotional stress and saying, Father, forgive me? And he says, no. I can't. I'm in a covenant relationship with you. And I told you when you agreed to, be, to receive my son, I said, if you become forgiving, I will forgive. If you do not become forgiving, I will not. I can't do it. I'd love to, son. I'd love to, daughter, but I can't. That's what Jesus is saying here. Process it through. Forgiveness is foundational to our faith. An unforgiving Christian is an oxymoron. It's like saying, wicked good. <laughs> it just always throws me. Wicked good, what? I won't forgive, what? If there were two things that Jesus understood, it was prayer and forgiveness. Listen to this prayer in Luke twenty-two forty-one. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared unto him an angel from heaven, strengthening him, and he being in agony, and he being in agony, quit. Stopped praying. No, oh, I'm tired of this. No, he prayed more earnestly. Jesus knew how to pray. He knew how to press through in prayer. Even when the prayer brought more pain, he pressed through. He prayed more earnestly to the point where his sweat became like great drops of blood falling on the ground. And when you pray with that intensity, the inner workings of prayer can only produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 23:33, it says, And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And criminals, one on the right and one on the left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Where did he get the Jews to do that? He prayed more earnestly. Even when it hurt, even when the pain increased, he prayed more earnestly. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Not only does he make a request of the Father, forgive them, but he also forgives us all by his death on the cross. Of everything he steps into is an act of forgiveness at a scope that is absolutely beyond our ability to comprehend. Where would your life be today if you had not received the forgiveness of Jesus that he acquired at that moment in time? I want to pause and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to stir your hearts today toward that forgiving spirit that Jesus always emulated and that he calls his bride to manifest. I want to break any stronghold of unforgiveness in this room today. Just going to ask you to sit and receive. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I invite Holy Spirit to come like a breath of fresh air. Lord, fill our beings. Lord, and stir up within us a forgiving heart. Lord, and as you hold our hearts in your hand, Lord, would you weed out roots of bitterness, anger, malice, wrath, O oh God. Lord, hurts from the past that we've held on like shields to protect us, O oh God, and yet the weight of them is more than we can bear. Lord, heal. Heal your people, O oh God. Lord, rout out the anger, the unforgiveness, O oh God. Father, stop the open door that the enemy has uh, to stir us up in ways that are destructive to us and to all those who are around us, O oh God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come as the comforter. Come as the enabler. Give us power to be a forgiving people, to forgive ourselves and to forgive others, O oh God, at the cost of laying down our lives. Jesus' name and for his glory I pray. Amen. You see, the reality is that discipleship is not merely the ability to impart to another the things you have learned about the Lord or about the Bible or about Christianity. Effective discipleship is sharing your heart. And if there is any unforgiveness, any bitterness, any judgmentalism in your heart, it will bleed out and taint the witness of Christ in your life. Hebrews 12:15 says this, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. The stuff inside of you isn't just yours. It's contagious. It's a contaminant. Bitterness and unforgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the standards of greatness in the kingdom. Matthew 18, 1 says, At that hour, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus' response is very interesting in verse 2 to 4. And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn, that is repent, and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do you ever watch kids at play? They get angry at one another, you know, they have their little tiff and you know, you correct them and you put them in this corner and that corner and separate them, you know, and you go off into the other room and say, what am I going to do with these kids? And you go back, you know, it's all of two minutes later and they're back in the middle playing like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> you know they're not holding any bitterness. They're not holding on to anything. They just had their stuff and moved on. You know, Jesus said we've got to be like little kids can't carry this stuff. We're not made. We're not equipped to carry this. Then he goes on for the next several verses to talk exclusively about how precious kids are to God. 
and how we need to be like them in our humility. Then at verse 15, he gets specific as to what that might look like relationally. He gives us a protocol for forgiveness. Matthew 18, 15. But if your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If there's anything I don't like about Facebook, it's that. You know, there's stuff I read on Facebook about relationships that I shouldn't be reading, that I should not be aware of. Individuals should be talking to individuals, not to the whole Facebook community. It's a real shame. And I like Facebook, <laughs> but I don't like that. If he hears you, you have gained your brother, but if he will not hear you, take one or two more with you, so that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglects to hear the church, let him be to you as a heathen and a tax collector. Now, that doesn't mean that you can you know, decimate this person's character to the whole world. He says to you, let him be to you. Keep it personal. Okay. Don't become a plague. Then he shows us the power and authority of forgiveness. Matthew 18, 18, Truly I say to you, whatever you shall bind on earth shall occur, having been bound in heaven, and whatever you shall loose on earth shall occur, having been loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as regarding anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Who's the guy that runs Bethel, Eric? Pastor at Bethel? Bill Johnson, yeah. Uh, I heard a little blip he did on this verse uh, that really shook me to the core. He says, the church has no idea of, of the authority that that verse holds for us. He says, I'm thinking of three cities, New York, New Orleans, and San Francisco. You get into a discussion with any most Christian right-wing, right-wingers, and, you know, these three cities are pretty much the borders of hell. You know, and everyone that lives there, you know, they're... They're living in Sodom and Gomorrah, and, you know, if God doesn't judge them, then he owes us an apology, and, and they're binding those cities to their sin. Because whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And he said, what would ever happen if the church began to bless those cities and loose those people from the power of sin over their lives? What if we began to really release the grace of Jesus Christ towards these cities. And we wonder why they're not turning around. It's because we're binding them to their sin. We don't know the power and the authority that we hold. But it's powerful. Peter's response here indicates that he understood that Jesus had been speaking about forgiveness 
And now he wants to know how far he needs to go with this stuff. I, I love this, this back and forth with him. So here's the standard of forgiveness. Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's, it beats me. You know, I don't know that I've made the seven mark yet. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you until seven times, but until 70 times seven. In other words, there's no limit. Seven is completeness. You know, you have to just completely forgive over and over and over again until you completely forgive completely. And forgiveness has completed its work. Seventy times seven. The reason the standard is so high is because the value of forgiveness is so great. He goes on in Matthew 23. He gives a parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven has been compared to a certain king who desired to make an accounting with his servants. And when he had begun to count, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Uh, I've shared this in the past, but, but I like it. No. In 1981, I did a a research on the based on the value of gold and what 10,000 talents of gold would be worth. And this was 1980, and the value of gold is way beyond that today. In 1980, the value that this man owed to his lord was $19,750,000. So what is that? That's an unpayable debt. It's an unpayable debt. But as he had nothing to pay, how can you spend 19750000 borrowed dollars and have nothing to pay? He ends up with nothing. It's a guy's name. <laughs> yeah, taxes, there you go. His Lord commanded that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold and payment be made. You know what this says to me? Unforgiveness affects your whole family. Everybody pays, wife, children, all the relatives. Get a chunk of your change. Yeah. Then the servant fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Thank you, Jesus. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So denarii is a silver coin. And the value of that silver in 1980, a hundred of them, was 28 bucks. <laughs> See a little bit. Something's off on the scale here. Huh? His fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison until he should pay the debt. Verse 31, So his fellow servants saw what was done. We don't live secret lives. 
telling you it bleeds out. Your fellow servants. I don't know who, who that refers to for you. Someone's being affected. Somebody's being impacted. Somebody's being bound or loosed. And somebody's observing your behavior. His fellow servants saw what was done, and they were very sorry. And they came and told their Lord what was done. And that leads to the consequences of unforgiveness. Matthew 18, 32. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said to him, O wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have pitied your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And his Lord was angry and delivered him to the tormentors until he should pay all that was due to him. Who are your tormentors? What's tormenting you? What is the thing that you have begged the Lord? Lord, I need to be free of this. Won't you lift this from my life? How do I? Something tormenting you? Examine your heart for unforgiveness. It may be the key that will loose you from torment. The debt is not hard to pay, brothers and sisters. It's simply this, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, and neither have I known what I've been doing. Forgive me also. Your tormentor is going to flee with that. So likewise shall my heavenly Father, this is such a sad sentence. Likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you unless each one of you from your hearts forgive his brother your trespass. It's so sad and so full of potential. Will a hinge of forgiveness open the door of discipleship for you today? This is the deep side of discipleship, the deep end of the pool. Who do you need to forgive today in order to obtain the greatness of a child in the kingdom of our father? A father, a mother, a spouse, an ex-spouse, someone who molested you, betrayed you, beat you, or abandoned you? Listen, life is hard and bad things happen. And so he, Jesus, gives us the power to forgive. And you only have to forgive those who have done you wrong. That's the purpose of forgiveness. It's to forgive those who have hurt you, those who have molested you, those who have beaten you, those who have maligned you, those who have misused you. That's why we have forgiveness. It isn't so that you can bless those who bless you. You don't have to forgive those who do right. You have a tool to forgive those who have done you wrong. What an awesome privilege. What an awesome tool. Doesn't justify their actions. It brings them into the light and releases you from the burden of those actions. 
Unforgiveness binds their actions to your life, and you carry them in the background of your mind and your heart until you release them through forgiveness. Maybe today you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you've failed as a parent or as a spouse in some way. Maybe you've been abusive or mean-spirited, controlling, manipulative, and hurt others, others who have loved you, and you feel the guilt or shame of that. There's forgiveness today in Christ for you. The real question, is there forgiveness in you for others? Through Christ, there can be, there should be. I'm going to pray, and what, what I'm going to offer to you beyond prayer is an opportunity to come to the cross today. You know, we've had this cross up for a while, and uh, it gets utilized all the time. We're always bringing people in from the food pantry just to have a time of confession and healing, and they'll write their little notes and nail them to the cross, and uh, maybe it would be a good good tool for you today if there's an issue that's stirring. You know, you don't have to make it public. You don't have to put names. You just have to put the name of the pain that's there. Lord, today I choose to forgive. He knows where you're going with it. He knows who you're talking about. It's the action that shows the faith. That's what James says. You say you have faith, show me what you're doing with it. Go ahead and forgive. So Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the enabling that you gave to Jesus in the garden. Lord, you discharged angels from heaven to minister to his need, to enable him to go deeper in prayer, to enable him to complete the task of going to the cross and releasing forgiveness across the face of the earth in a manner that it had been never been known in all of humanity's history. There has never been a greater opportunity for forgiveness and reconciliation than what you instituted on the cross when you said, Father, forgive them, it is finished. Now today, Holy Spirit, we ask you to stir that in our hearts. Give us the strength to go deeper in our prayer and in our actions, Lord, to emulate Christ in deeds of forgiveness. Lord, that we would make decisions in our heart and in our mind today. I forgive. You add the name. Today, I forgive. You add the action. Today, I forgive them for doing to me. You add the incident. Today, Lord, 
I speak the forgiveness of Jesus Christ towards those individuals. I cover with forgiveness those incidents, O God. And I ask you by this act of forgiveness today going on in my heart to release me from the burden of unforgiveness, O God, and I repent of the unforgiveness that I've carried and ask you to heal my life from the effects of that. Drive away the tormentors that we might be a people who are free it is for freedom that you set us free, O oh God, and we've been walking in bondage. It is for freedom that we forgive today. Holy Spirit, come. I'm going to ask any, any pastors that are here to just be available. You know, sometimes uh, it's just good to confess the Bible says confess your faults to one another. You know, if you've got some forgiveness issues, you, you just need to express, and, and maybe you, you want some prayer for it, to hear someone say, you know, it's, you know how awesome it is to hear someone say to you, you know what, you're forgiven. Jesus did it all the time. You're forgiven. Just be released. Go and sin no more. Be free. If you need that, Pastors will be up here for that. If you want to come to the cross, there's little notepads up here and pens and uh, sticky pins and a nice little hammer. You know, take your sins and, and your unforgiveness and nail it to the tree and walk away. Leave it at the cross of Christ. Let Jesus take it and crucify it. You be free today.